0: And they're going nuts. And their fans have loved every second of it. And Bastia is celebrating. You're listening to talking Ace by the Bay Podcast. With your host, Larry Rodriguez. Oakland A's are on top, Uh, still, the American League West, but (laughs) let's be real, things are getting a lot more tighter, and just to be even more transparent, a lot more thick and heavy, welcome back, Talking A's by the Bay fans, thank you so much for joining me here, as the Oakland A's have crossed the major Counterstone of a quarter way through the season, and your Oakland Athletics are doing pretty good, like I just mentioned. But there is a little bit of tension. Yeah, I did, I did rhyme there. But you know, let's let's not get too cocky already. Just starting this one off, right? Don't don't get cocky because the A's don't have enough time. Or enough momentum to be cocky. Because right now as we speak, the Oakland Athletics here on May the 17th, as I'm recording this, are atop the AL West at 25-17. and They have a half-game lead over the Houston Astros right now, which is not very much who they will be facing this week, which we're going to cover here on today's podcast. And then behind them, you got Seattle at four games back. L.A. Angels, let's just say Anaheim Angels, at six games back. And then you have the Texas Rangers. For a moment there, everyone thought was going to be the team with some kind of push. Is now six and a half games back. Now, I just mentioned a minute ago, we're only a quarter of the way into the season. So that doesn't do, you know, a lot of stuff can happen. And that just leads me right into a lot of things have happened in the last week. And I'm just going to get this right now out there on the table Um, probably one of the biggest developments this week as we do i want to cover this this is a big part of the oakland athletics we do cover things that happen with the team as much as we can as possible and this does affect the team so i'm going to do this in the best way possible because i like to make sure that i keep this podcast in the aura of just baseball what's happening with the oakland athletics on the field but this is important because it is the name of the Oakland Athletics here at this time that could not could be different. Um, for a while now, a long time, if you ask me, at being an A's fan, uh, one of the biggest holdups for this team, according to the management of the team, is that they don't have a good stadium to support a payroll for a team, and that's why. I, We see players leave, and a part of that is players want to come to places that are nice to play for, right? So, for years now, we've been hearing the Oakland Athletics need to get a stadium, the Oakland Athletics need to get a stadium. Then, recently developing the last five to almost ten years now, Dave Cavill uh, became the ace president of baseball operations and was mainly here to lead the way to try to develop a stadium here in the Bay Area. Because, according to the commissioner of baseball, At that time, uh, Oakland was still a big enough market to have a Major League Baseball team, even though the Giants kind of knocked the A's out of trying to have a stadium in the past because of territorial rights, which is a whole different reason. But right now, the most recent development, if you don't follow what's happening in Oakland, uh, the stadium has went through the environmental report. Dave Cavill has been to the um the legislator in california he's spoken with the governor and then he's also went to congress i believe in washington to rally the oakland athletics development because if there's one thing known that if you live in california i'm assuming you're a california native listening to this but if not if you're on the outside it is hard to build anything out here with many not just money investment but also with all of the making sure that it applies to each criteria of that it supports a community and that's the main key the oakland athletics and dave cavill have been saying that they want to develop this park not only to be environmentally friendly but to support the community of oakland and now when they've proposed it to the oakland uh, the oakland chamber or the oakland city People. I just want to make sure that the the people that oversee the city and vote on decisions on what to be developed, they have asked a lot and proposed a lot. Uh, The exact number that I think a lot of people are sticking with them is that the A's are asking for $862 million in infrastructure support. Uh, This is going to be a privately financed stadium, but that is a lot to be asking for development around the area. Um, for this town or city i should say of oakland and it it can be causing an issue now because just recently this week the biggest development was what i mentioned i keep talking is that major league baseball now the commissioner of baseball uh, at this point i think i said did i say rob manfred or roger Goodell? (laughs) if i mix that i'm so mad rob manfred uh came forward and said that it's it's just Not going to happen, and the A's. If it's not, excuse me, going to happen, the A's should look for other options. Um, and meaning by that, he means other options as in other cities to develop a a new stadium. Uh, this is a touchy topic, and I'm just gonna keep this as brief, like I said. I think I've heard lots of feedback listening to Ace post game. They have A's cast, and uh, once again, shout out to Chris Townsend, A's cast, doing an excellent job covering the Oakland Athletics. Um, a lot of people have been able to call in and voice their concerns. And there's two ways I stand on this. Okay, They've, Oakland has lost the Raiders and the Warriors. This is a very touchy topic because this would be the last professional team available, and let's just say it, the team with the most, I would say, history in regards to if you're going to go post like people that believe and love baseball it is developed in the history no offense to the Raiders they have history here as well but the A's have won championships here too uh and it goes way back I mean that they the revival of this team and the revival of the city of Oakland you can argue those teams in the 80s were a big part of that um so now to be at this point uh where you could lose another team uh, over money and a vote that's not happening with the city council, which I think it's the right wording. It's a frustration and the fans are coming out on those outlets and letting people know how they feel. Where do I stand on this? Number one, the Oakland athletics is all I've ever known. So the Oakland A's is what I'd like to have them as. And they are the number one, embellishment of what oakland stands for i think they do take on players that come here do take on uh the the word behind that the image behind it it's not somewhere necessarily everyone wants to go watch a baseball game which leads me into the next topic it's not somewhere everyone wants to watch a baseball game reality is folks that stadium yes that's out of the question that's another big part that was developed they will not build a stadium on the Oakland Coliseum property. That was decided as well. It's not feasible at this point. And I can't see why it wouldn't be. I mean, folks, the stadium, the lights are having issues. There's been sewage problems there. And location is important if you're trying to develop a stadium that increases your fan base. And the waterfront property seems to be the most wanted thing in this day and age at this time. And if you're in Oakland, I mean, that would be a huge counterpart, right? Because you're in Oakland. Um, and you have the option, which they've been trying to build, um, by the, you know, London Square area, that area, and the old port. Those are where they wanted this to be. And Dave Cavill's put a lot of work into it. So I'm on the side of this. Look, like if baseball is telling the city of Oakland, the city council, if this can't be decided and this gets hung up and it doesn't get voted and put through and the a's could leave to multiple places have been mentioned i think a lot of the hot topic is las vegas because the raiders are so current but there's other cities that play for this including montreal which we don't even know uh you never know uh, they may want a team again nashville has been mentioned i stand it here i'm an oakland a's fan and that's all i've ever known So I like the Oakland town and I like the development. I love what Dave Cavill has been trying to do. But politics is something that is definitely out of my realm and not of my even uh, something that I like to even cross the board. What we're here is sports. And it is a business, folks. So when it gets to politics and business, that's the nitty gritty. Is this a is this Rob Manfred? Is this the commissioner of baseball giving a valid push to tell the Oakland A's that this isn't going to happen or is this just hot air to try to be development of communications, you know? It's a business move. Who knows? But it's great to see A's fans coming on A's cast to support the A's and make a dying cry, or I shouldn't say dying, a a plea to their city, excuse me, a plea to their city to keep this team where it's been for over 30 years now that's important yes and I like using the Oakland Athletics image and I would love to see something good come out of all these teams leaving and them being the ones that stay because baseball kind of has that feeling right but I'm not going to sit here and tell you that a place like las vegas montreal speaking with other baseball fans through social networking that are not ace fans they would love to have a team in their town too oregon they would love to have a major league town so yes it does take efforts from the people just like dave cavill's been trying to get individuals there to plea for the oakland community to push their leaders to make the right decision and i know a lot of people are on the other side of, well, this could be a greedy deal by the A's asking for so much money for infrastructure. I get it. But there is there is a balance here, folks. And I think, if anything, if you're not in the room with the communications of what's happening, support what you want for your A's and do the best you can because that's all you can do. Support the guys that are on the field. They have to go through this too because they're the ones entertaining you. And regardless of what happens, whatever you do, at least you can say you vouched for your team to be where you want them to be. I am not going to sit here and tell you I'm a a citizen of Oakland or even in the Bay Area. I live in Southern California, but I lived in the Central Valley before here. And the A's were never looked at it like the Giants or the Dodgers or the Padres even. Let's not talk about the Angels because the Angels are like what they are. (laughs) But the A's had a beautiful, fantastic, fantastic, and really solid, just caring fan base. So this is a time to show how much you care to your city leaders. And I'm saying it here too, I care. I would love for the A's to stay there. I would love for what Dave Cavill has done the last few years rallying this to go forward and work to find a medium ground that takes a little work from the a's and city council who knows what's happening in there but this is all i could say here that i know of is i hope they find a common ground because if they don't there will be people that will be sad and i'd be sad too for the a's to lose the image they originally were because then you're kind of in the territory will they be the a's anymore or what you know what goes with them if it was to be different so i'm gonna sit here and say it you know the oakland a's things would change and we all are kind of a little bit different to change. I would hope my only thing is, is I would vouch that the hard work that people on the side of the Oakland athletics and as well as the city council trying to get this to happen to come to a terms to stay in Oakland. And I hope it happens, but I also know too that money and politics are something why I love talking about baseball. Cause I definitely don't like talking about politics and regardless of what you do, Let's just hope for the best. And that's my stance, folks. If you call me <laughs> fairweather, go ahead. Tell me on social media. If you're like, I should be yelling at the, you know, these people, that city council in Oakland, it's kind of hard to warrant that from a person that doesn't live in the city. But I'll say it here. Like I said, I would love for them to stay there. I'm not going to say for them not stay there and to develop somewhere other than the Coliseum site. I agree with that. I've been to the Coliseum plenty. And it is time for a change. I love what it was and what it stands for as a historic thing. I love what the A's were originally trying to do to make it like a park. But for a new stadium, it's needed. They need something where they can build to to what modern is now, right? That Take full advantage of that. Attract players. Back to the field. <laughs> Attract players. Like I said, we are here and our players are the 25-17 and 17 Oakland Athletics right now. That's their record in the 2021 season. They are in third in the American League, but hot on their tail is the Houston Astros. To recap, though, last week I said on our last podcast, I thought the Oakland Athletics had a good chance to sweep the Boston Red Sox. That was my final thoughts, and I knew I kind of sound crazy, but now looking back... I think I was pretty close on the money because Eurocon Athletics made a good run at trying to take out the, at the time, and still right now, top spot Boston Red Sox in the American League. Now, I do got to say in the last 10 games, they're 6-4, and four, and the Chicago White Sox are now 8-2, and two, and they um, technically have the better win percentage, so they would be first place, but Boston is still... A game behind, but in the top spot above Oakland. So, let's we keep it like that. So, the Chicago White Sox are really heating up as well. But, you're, the time the A's played them, they were probably big knocked them out of their first place rating. I mean, they have shown what I talked about. The A's came in. Great pitching by Bassett. And, a part of it, like I've mentioned a lot on this podcast, is the familiarity. Really, these teams really haven't played each other since 2019. So, there was a little bit of that playing in there. And then... I mean, Bassett's strong start, three and, I mean, the three to two game just, oh, man, just, it felt good during that series from what I could take from it in the A's. Um, main keys from that series is I felt like they figured out a way to win games in positions where you had to get together runs because, well, the trend to MLB, especially with the A's, is scrapping together runs because they're hard to come by because pitching is ahead of hitting for sure right now. Um, except for a team we're going to mention here that we'll be playing next here in a bit. <laughs> um, I'm talking about those dang Astros. But to go back, they were putting together games and not the p- situation where you would think be beneficial for this team. This is a team that really bases themselves on the home run, and they found ways to win these games against Boston. Very close to sweeping them, which is almost like the unheard of, I don't know, albino animal (laughs) it's a very rare thing to sweep in boston but the a's had a shot there for a minute but lo and behold the speaking of pitching sean mania was some of the worst numbers the over six era the same team not same team but let's say the same organization he no hit in oakland boston red sox but in boston he's not good And I mean, I didn't know those numbers until they started posting them after his terrible outing, uh, which was just not good. But the pitching after, him, if you hung in there, uh, I was was pretty impressed with that as well. Thinking like, well, at least when he left, I mean, they were the bullpen is showing that they could stop the bleeding. Uh, I mean, that was kind of a positive. They did their best to get in there. And, and do with what they had a uh, guerrera, choleric uh, they came in there and they did what they can i they didn't give it up an air everybody else was shamanaya it was to his name and gudon sorry didn't get that in there gudon so that was i thought positive out of the bullpen to take from that game but the eyes let's not do not skip over caprilin cap as he's being referred to a lot And his start against the Boston Red Sox, which, speaking of shaky, oh, my goodness. Bases loaded, first inning. What is going to happen here, right? (laughs) In my mind, I thought, oh, boy, poor guy making his major league debut, and this is how it's going to go down. Like He just put himself in a hole. But, oh, man, that really made me feel good about your Oakland Athletics as well. Able to scrap together. To get out of that inning and give him another chance with only giving up one run with the bases loaded and he walked in the run, I mean, absolutely amazing. And if you watch the game, his father was there um, and his story of his mother is a good, interesting story to look into as well as she uh, is not with us anymore, James Kaplan. And for his father to be elated through all the whole game and he gets his first win and technically only gives up one run, one air, six strikeouts, three walks, five innings pitch. It was pretty it was just it was amazing. Uh just a great first game for for Kaplan. And I mean, nice bullpen work once again. Birch Smith, Lou Trevino came in there a little shaky, but once again, Jake Dakeman came in, took care of work. Unfortunately, leading on to the next set. Uh, Jake Deekman, we might be a, a little bit more weary this week than we were last week because the A's rolled into Boston, and Jake Deekman had to battle some demons out there in Minnesota. Now, the A's rolled out of Boston, going into Minnesota, and uh, winning 6-1 to pretty handily in that first game on Friday. Then on Saturday, things began to get weird. So if you watch that Saturday game, the A's versus the Twins, they pretty much regulated, if you didn't, here's a little recap, they regulated that game easily, I would say handedly. And then you got to the later innings, and this Minnesota team did have high expectations uh, at the beginning of the year because they have power. And they do have power throughout the bats, but they've been horrific. If you follow me on Instagram, I posted a – um. A stat list down of what how bad they were on my Insta stories. That's at Talking A's by the Bay on Instagram, Talking A's by the Bay on Facebook, and on Twitter at A's by the Bay if you'd like to follow. I put up a graphic that showed uh, that was from the TV telecast telecast from NBC California that showed how bad these twins are. But no more regardless of how bad they are, I've mentioned this in the podcast. They're still a major league team, and lo and behold, the guy that's absolute power um made you pay for it um uh, just so no i, I three rbis one swing of the bat he's batting a point one two seven average at that time he's under the mendoza line folks and he found a way to hit a three run homer i don't know about you it was off deakman uh just watching that home run was tough uh because when i watched it it looked like it was a pop fly but the ball kept flying and i was like is the ball changing every other week because a week ago everyone was saying, oh, this ball ain't flying. But for me it may have been just the dynamics of the stadium and, you know, sometimes there's those winds in Oakland that kind of carry the ball too. So maybe there's something like that in Minnesota. But I think the bigger worry was seeing how that affected Jake Diekman. He was pretty upset. And it did kind of roll over into that game on let's talk about Sunday. The A's faced Minnesota, and on if you look at just the box line, or if you just watched it like that, um, I'm thinking if you're listening to this podcast, you may have, may have not, you may have watched the actual game. You missed out on maybe uh, hours of frustration, because that Sunday game was just absolute, I'm going to say it. The A's, if you saw any of the players, when I mentioned this, Chris Bassett, uh had comments on this game as well and Matt Chapman because it directly affected him. The officiating or umpires for this game including New York's review panel whoever that may be and whoever's sitting in that room made some mistakes. They did not do this game well. The specific one play I'm talking about with Chapman him giving him feedback on uh, NBC's California uh sports network they talked about after the game if you could find an interview snip somewhere uh chapman hit a good solid double it looked like but the relay throw uh this was an rbi hit going into second andrew S- andrew at simmons uh was there caught the ball and he kind of made this weird move because it was thrown to his left and he ended up like falling and rolling on to chapman but he never tagged him Clearly, in the slow motion, may have been a little bit hard to read because there's bodies on top of each other if you were in the play. So, one to review, but in the review, like I just said, you could see, and he watching the replay, he never tagged him. He did this weird rolling move. And unless you're going to count his body as the ball, he was safe. Absolute trash. I'm going to say it. Umpiring, you know, is tough enough to deal with, but when you go to review and then Then it still does, it it still counts as an out when he didn't even. What's the good for the review? And I'm just going to go off on a little tangent here. How is it baseball not looking at this? Who is making these decisions? Who is there making this call? What and who? We're told it's a panel of previous MLB players or umpires making this call. And if it's an umpire making this call, my first and only clean directive here to just keep it as simple as possible, how are you going to get another MLB empire to tell another MLB empire your call was wrong if they're unionized group and it looks badly on them when they make their other empire look bad? For me and you, it's what's right and wrong. This is why you make replay, to correct plays that could alter the game, unfortunately. It almost did. I am just to the point, it is bad enough that they haven't figured out a way to make this faster in review. Second, (laughs) to blow calls like this for the A specifically, Matt Chapman's comments. It just feels like New York doesn't give us the calls. Quote, it's bad. Bassett didn't even want to give a comment on this he just had to try to work around this question but the main thing i love from what that interview if you listen to it he said this game is what the a's are about this team and what you saw today and those calls this is what this team is about if you're getting jacked over in the strike zone you're getting bad calls from the review you're trying everything you can do and you find a way to win. That's what Bassett was saying. And he even said the words, I hope I don't get fined for calling out you know, with the umpires for what happened today. And I hope not either. They're passionate. They care. They were on the field. Luckily the A's came out alive this one. Seven to six. Lots What's what I liked about this again. In this game, you had Chapman finally going off. It looks like maybe his hitting's coming around. You know, it's been discussed throughout the season, if you've been listening, that maybe he'd grown bad habits from the last year being injured in his swing, and he's trying to come back from that. In this game, he looked good. Chapman went three for four with three RBIs, and he went the other way. He said it himself. When he starts going the other way, that means things are going good for him. You had Sean Murphy. Great job. And let's not discredit when we're talking about injuries, who's back your boy Chad Pinder. That's right, the Pinder man is back. You know, and he was putting up offensive too. It's the weird thing about this game too, which I've called that could go your way, which was weird. When going home on a play, it looked okay. So let me back up a little bit. I'm sorry about this. On a run, the bases at the time had Andrus on third. He got caught in a rundown. Trying to go home on a play. Pretty clear the catcher looked like he was going to get him. The catcher didn't clear himself. And started running towards Andras. And he realized this. Being a smart baseball player. So he ran into him as best he could. Which let's just say he threw himself at him. That's player interference. He scored another weird, weird run. That I've never seen. Comment me at, (laughs) on Instagram, talking A's by the Bay. Hit me up if you've ever seen that before, even any game. I've definitely not seen that in a major league game. Definitely uh, only know of that rule from my past of playing in high school to always clear yourself after you're in a pickle. You know, throw the ball. What I mean by that is in a pickle play, you throw the ball to the guy that's behind the runner or whatever base they're running back to you, and you clear yourself so the guy behind you that's supposed to be doing the next part of the pickle to either get the ball to tag the runner out or chase him down again. You don't run into him. He doesn't run into you. And number one, you don't run into the runner. <laughs> so I, you don't create runner interference. Uh, it's uh, It was a weird game. Just weird and like i mentioned in the beginning diekman uh did once again he gave up a couple airs not great gave up some hits but he found his way through it luckily and Lou Trevino came in and did a pretty solid outing for that final game and now we're here we're here and what i mean by we're here it's time to move forward because it's very important as i said though Things are becoming apparent as we come to this quarter of the season. The litmus test or the gauge of who your Oakland Athletics are going to be to Chris Bassett, to quote him, this is this team. Well, Chris, it's time to prove it because you're about to face, not you, Chris, but the team. It's time for the team to prove it is what I mean. The Oakland Athletics are about to face the hottest team in baseball, and that is the Houston Astros once again uh they're eight and two in their last 10 games ladies and gentlemen uh the a's will be facing them as we look ahead here this tuesday wednesday and thursday at the coliseum 640 640 and a 1237 i cannot emphasize how important this series is as houston swept you last time they came to oakland begin the season and then when you played them there you found a way To get out of that losing streak from them. After you had lost five in a row just to the Astros. You came back and took the series. But let's face it. The Houston Astros were starting to trend down at that moment. So now you have a team that's trending up. And they're coming back to Oakland in the Houston Astros. And when I say trending up. Let me let you know some stats here off the bat. Their hottest hitter is Kyle Tucker again. You've heard that name. The right fielder. He's got nine hits in their last seven games. He's batting 409 average. And he's got three home runs. He's their hottest hitter. So look out for that. And then right under him, Jordan Alvarez. You know that name as well. With eight hits, 364 batting average the like last seven days. And he has a home run. And then Jose Altuve is figuring it out as well in the last seven days. He's a 368 batting average right now. With 19 at bats. So these guys are all batting over 300. All the guys you think of, Correa, Bregman, uh, they're all batting over the 300 mark. And they, almost all of them have a home run, not Bregman. So they're feeling themselves. The team overall, just looking at them hitting in the last seven days, in Major League Baseball, their OPS is .853. That's second only to the hottest team right now. Other than the Astros, we talked about early in the podcast, Chicago White Sox. Now, why I put these two in different layers? Your Oakland Athletics, right? They faced Boston, which was a first-place team when they faced them, and then they faced Minnesota, which was a struggling team. They won both series on the road. Terrific, right? Chicago White Sox are facing their division, and the Kansas City Royals are kind of falling through, so... Not saying there's no easy game in baseball, but they're they're benefiting from their part of the schedule. Now, if you ask me about the Astros, are they benefiting from their schedule? Well, you let's put it like this: they faced the Rangers when they came to play the Rangers recently. This team was looking pretty good. I would say they they were they were filling themselves. Um, and then, well, the. The Astros showed who they were and they flexed, you know, that they still do have good hitting. And that's one way to beat the Rangers. And then before that, they faced the Angels, which are the next team we'll be facing. And we'll talk about how they're not doing so well. But those are inner division teams. And finally, that brings us to the point. They're finally facing an inner division team in the Houston Astros. Back to Chris Bassett's statement that looped this together. If what we saw in sun, on Sunday, these Oakland Athletics are that, a, are that adept and equipped to overcome adversity, not including a side note of adversity of injuries because he just, I would say, got an injury that could affect you in a way that's not so great. And what I mean by that is Mitch Moreland, we still are day-to-day. We're not sure. He might be in the lineup. He might not be in the lineup. You need to overcome this adversity against a division rival, which you've shown you could beat them there at the time in Houston. Now it's time to show them you can beat them at your home. Where I would say you're, I would not say you're expected to do that. But if you're in a place of a mindset that this team faces adversity and is different and is in that point of like, yeah. We're the real deal. We are where we are in the standings, cause not at a quarterway of the season, not by the luck of scheduling or not by the luck of having a twelve game, you know, and uh, winning streak or having excuse me more than that, a winning streak hot and the beginning of the season. It's because of pure talent. Um uh, o- overcoming injuries from AJ Puck, Jesus Lazardo, Mike Fires, JB Wendelkin. Do you want me to keep on going? Trevor Reslenthal. Overcoming those injuries, now have it that there have been a lot of those have not been your core, you know, offensive people because we saw how the injury of Matt Olson affected them when he got hit in the eye in the eye with the baseball in the batting cage. But are you able to overcome into the point where you take out the teams in your division that I say are your biggest risk now and probably in the future? The Houston Astros have been a thornier side. They took you out of the playoffs last year. Even though it was a condensed season, they took you out when they supposedly weren't their best. Now it's your time to shut that down. Even though they have, side note, 2.57 ERA combined team ERA in the last seven days, folks. That's the bullpen and starting together. Once again, they're facing the Rangers and the Angels. Let's leave that out there, too. But that would have been second in the majors. Your Oakland Athletics were six with a 3.1 ERA facing the Boston Red Sox and the Minnesota Twins, which I told you some of the bullpen looked amazing. Props out to Sergio Romo. You're looking better, brother. I like it. Keep it going. Those pieces need to find their groove. Because one thing about great teams, when one part of the team isn't doing so great, they find a way to adapt through adversity, even when they're not getting the calls their way. And this is key. Because when you got a team that's known for cheating, let's put that out there, even when they're against you in every way they can, whatever you have it, because the Astros won't ever cheat again, yeah, right, <laughs> we'll never know, right? We can say that. It's public knowledge. They've cheated. Why wouldn't they cheat before? Many of those guys are still there. We, I won't forget that. So why wouldn't they do it again? When the cards are stacked up against you and a team could be cheating again or they're just getting really hot or they're continuing to be the Houston Astros that they've been a thorn in your side for the years before, you need to put the statement to get their high of playing the Angels and the Rangers who are probably not the best teams in this division this year to bring them back down to reality and take this series one game at a time. Now, if we put it out one game at a time, you're going to have Maniah face a young man named Javier, last name Javier. Sorry, excuse me. My bad. Christian Javier, who uh, has played against the Oakland Athletics before. Uh, he's got a 5.71 ERA the last time he faced us. Or, excuse me, a 2.0 ERA. He has a 5.71 ERA in his last 15 days as a pitcher. So he's not doing great. He's given up runs in his 17 innings pitch. Four home runs to be exact. Eight walks in 17 innings pitched in the last 15 days. So there could be a chance that you could capitalize off of that start. Let's just hope Sean Manaya finds a way through this start that's completely different than what he did the last time he went out against Boston. Then you're going to have Montez... Montaz versus Granke we know what Granke is and what kind of player he can be in both realms it could be terrible if you get to him quick enough and don't play like you did the last time you faced him a long time ago but he has been on his game lately play good against the good pitchers because Montaz had a pretty game, good game last time he looked like he was fighting the zone you're gonna have to win these games like you did before good pitching timely hitting and hopefully scrappy hitting excuse me good good scrappy hitting and timely home runs that's how these are going to be played do i feel like one of these games could get out of ham and be a slugfest i do if i had to call one it's either going to be montas or Manaya. those two games could be a slugfest and if it's minaya i hope that the a's come out of that because you definitely don't want them to lose a slugfest to the houston astros which is completely possible Because the final game at 1237 Probables are your guy, Cole Irvin, who's been doing really good. Really good. What a great story so far. But on the Astros, you have someone that, like Cole Irvin, hasn't faced the Astros a lot. They don't know well of him. You have a guy you haven't faced a lot in Luis Garcia. In the month of May, he does have a 4.20 ERA, which is not great. He has given up a bit of runs at 7 and three home runs in the month of May. So he's not great, but he hasn't faced Oakland before. So it'll be an interesting dynamic to see how this works out. But once again, you're facing, I gave you the stats earlier, a team that's pretty hot in hitting. So your pitching has to be there, has to stay together, and I like what I'm seeing from the bullpen. So if you're going to ask me, this Houston series is key. You've got to win this series to make a statement. In not only your division, but to the Astros, and like Chris Bassett said, as you're a team in this division, regardless of what's in front of us, what adversity we face, we're going to find a way to do our best to beat you one day at a time and overall leave you a game back when this is all said and done. At least a game back in where you were in the division because we're going to win this series. We're going to figure this out. And now, what do I think is going to happen? Two out of three. I think your A's, that last game, I posted on, once again, social media on Instagram. My story is it was important for them to win that game, even how weird and bizarre it was, because it was a getaway day and a day off, which is today, would have been Monday, into Tuesday, let alone not facing, knowing you're facing the Astros. Those two things are important to those players mentality get a day off not have to think about what happened that past game and be like i have a whole day till i play next time now the astros did play they will be coming into oakland having played all the way to this point so they are on a hot streak like i mentioned earlier does that give them a little bit of a benefit because their bats won't be slow a slight at this point of season like i mentioned earlier we are at a point where the team's are a quarter way through. So they've got the vibes of how to get yourself prepared for the game. But there's always going to be a little lag. But luckily, I'm glad they're not facing someone like Dranky. They're facing someone different uh, that they have seen before from the Astros. So that helps. That helps a lot, even if you had an off day. The Astros will come in here, you know, as well with the day off. So it's day off for both teams I got that wrong sorry. then Tuesday is a game where they're both gonna start up again. so I'm liking the Ace chances to take that series and then after that we'll keep this other part, you know not super short but they face the the angels. The Angels are on a different spectrum right now. <laughs> the Angels, uh, just as I'm making this recording, uh, had some injury news that usually I don't bring up their other team's injuries because I just don't have that much insight on who you're about to face. But a big injury is Mike Trout suffered a strain right calf during Monday's game against the Indians. Who knows how bad this injury could be, but Mike Trout out of their lineup. I mean, let's be real to back up. It's a big key. It's a very big key because he's part of that lineup, and their biggest development this week would be Albert Pujols going to the Dodgers, but officially being released. Did this help his team? I mean, if you look at the standings, I don't know if you're going to say that helped this team, because uh, in their last games, it's not like uh, when you look at it, you say, "Oh, wow, that was that was you know that was a good move for them." <laughs> that was a good move for the. A- I mean. It, Let's be real here. Poolhouse's numbers on the field just really weren't justifying him being a first baseman. But he does believe to himself now, as he's mentioned going to the Dodgers recently, that he feels, you know, like he could still be an everyday player. You know, and the Angels didn't. You know, they did from what we understand to get like sort of in depth with that uh he was benched i mean that that was it the, you know they got to a point and madden joe madden give it to him he's going to work by numbers a lot that's how he got to where he's at and he felt like pojos wasn't a great matchup and from what we understand that didn't go well pojos and him and led to some disagreements and now he's on the dodgers there's a lot more like i said he wasn't playing very well the angels are five and five in their last 10 games 500 team they have won two in the last games they've played. Playing now, they're playing the Indians, so fairly good team, but nothing something too crazy in their last you know games. It's they've played just to get you a little insight. They played the Red Sox as well over the weekend, lost that series, and then they play now that this. Before that, they played the Astros, lost that series. So that's how the Astros got hot too. That's what I mentioned earlier, the full, full circle. Now they're playing the Indians. So like I said, 5-5 five and five on their record. They are a 500 team, but overall in the standings, they're in third six games back, as I mentioned, at the beginning of the podcast at eighteen twenty two, and you may have lost Mike Trout. Their pitching isn't holding up very good. Their team right now, just to be clear on their pitching, the Angels – in the last seven days, a have a 6.4, 6.48 ERA. That is not good. <laughs> I can tell you that very clearly. So um, this team right now is working through what they're going to have to do to try and get runs on the board and win like that. And Otani, if you talk about their players that are hitting well, is definitely making that case that he's the guy to do this. Otani right now, he's last seven games – batting at 238 but in bigger numbers he's leading the team in home runs so uh, you have to look at it in that in that aspect of that you're still someone in their lineup uh, that has power Otani's been showing that this year with 13 home runs you know but the rest of their lineup you've got injuries all over the place and no one really stepping up in in a way that I wouldn't it's not that I wouldn't worry that They are where they are in your division because I think they belong in that spot. They're pitching at a 6.48 ERA is almost last in the American League, just above Minnesota. If the A's come off of this series in the week, beating the Astros, winning the series, I could see them going into this weekend series very elevated and wanting to take All three games. Once again, another point at a sweep. Yeah, I could because the Angels and A's will be in different places. But if you want to ask me just straight up, if we're looking at probables and what I think, I think regardless of what happens, let's not count what happens against Houston. Let's not jump that far ahead. If I had a gauge what would the A's are going to look like after that and playing the Angels, I'm going to say they're going to take two out of three there. I really do feel good about their chances of doing that. And I think they have a chance to uh, have some good pitching and hitting. You know, it's going to be the first time they face the Angels this year. And it's very weird to say that because it feels like they face the Angels a lot (laughs) by the time we get to this point in the year, the quarter point in previous seasons. But the A's are finally facing people in the West, which is going to be nice. And it's time to make space. It's time to put yourself in the quarter point to give yourself some depth away from these other teams. And when I mean depth, I mean distance in the standings. Put them games back like I mentioned against the Astros. Leave this series letting them know you're going to be at least one game back than you were when we started. But we're going to play you one day at a time, and we're going to try to find a way to beat you. And as it is, I like them their chances to win both of these series against the Astros and Angels. I have faith in the A's after seeing how they looked the last time against the Astros in this mentality they're coming off against Minnesota and their numbers pitching wise looking good I do feel like there could be a little bit of tiredness coming we're gonna get to see that from the starters but if there's any time for tiredness like I said a blowout game could happen against this Houston Astro team your bullpen pieces are starting to look a little better Jake Diekman a little scary Trevino's always been that but petites still looking good if you ask me and you still have Sergio Romo coming back around maybe solidifying his role finally you still have other guys in that bullpen that are going to try their best and win you games so it's going to be an interesting week for Oakland A's baseball let's leave it at that right folks thank you so much for listening to talking to A's by the Bay that wraps up this episode of the 2021 season uh we're this one episode. I uh, think if you want to follow me on social media, on Instagram, like I mentioned, we talking A's by the Bay. Facebook, the same talking A's by the Bay. Look those up, and then on Twitter, it's at A's by the Bay. So at A S B Y T H E B A Y at A's by the Bay on Twitter. I post those on Instagram a bit. Been following a lot. Thank you, all the rest of you, been following me back. Really appreciate it. I like to watch the games too. So if you ever feel like you need to comment on something during the game. That'd be awesome as well. So uh, we are done. That is it for today. And uh, I'm looking, feeling good. Two out of three against Astros, two out of three against the Angels. And lo and behold, one last big statement. If you've listened here (laughs) all the way to the end, uh, I will be at the game on Saturday in Anaheim if you're going to be there. Hit me up on Instagram. I'd be happy to meet any of you guys out there at the stadium. That'd be awesome if it allows it. You know, We got all the physical distancing, social distancing in California, but we could always try and figure out something to just at least say hi at some point. If that works out, hit me up. I will be at the stadium at the Saturday game. There is a chance I might be at the Friday game. Don't hurt to hit me up on Friday uh, to see if I ended up going. I haven't finalized that, but if you've made it to this far, you're a hardcore fan, and I appreciate it. And I hope to see you guys out there. That'd be great. Uh, you know, safe as possible, whatever you feel comfortable with. Maybe you don't want to meet a fan during this time or another A's fan on this time. Totally makes sense. We could always do a fake, you know, a wave picture of ourselves from wherever we're at in the stadium as well. <laughs> you know, it's, so I'll wave to that side. You wave to my side, hit me up uh, at the social medias at talking. A's by bay on Instagram or Facebook messenger or Twitter. And then we'll, I'd love to see you guys. I'd love to talk A's baseball and see what you think. Get feedback. And that's for everybody. Send me feedback. Feel free to feed feel free to feedback? What? (laughs) Feel free to send me feedback on the podcast to make this better. To how do I make this better fan experience? What do you want me to discuss? And last but not least, let's beat those Astros. Right? Let's go, Oakland.